Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. All right. Hey, one more time. Can we start by giving a little worship to Jesus? Can we praise him a little bit? Give him a hand today. Come on. He is so worth it. I'm so thankful to be with you guys today on the last Sunday of 2019, and I'm so glad that you're here. I want to take a second, welcome everybody watching by the internet as well. Listen, we've got two different groups of personalities in here. Some of you love message outlines, and some of you hate them. If you do not like them, for the two or three of you, I'm just going to say this is for you today, okay? you got a blank note sheet in your worship guide. I want you to grab that and get ready for today's message. We've got lots of things. I want you to take some notes. You only remember uh, 20% of what you hear, but you will retain 80% of what you write. So if you put all that together, hear it and write it, you might walk out of here with 100% today. How about that? That'd be good, wouldn't it? And while you get that together, I want to tell you I'm excited about our series beginning next Sunday. Now in the church world, they tell you never start a series on the first Sunday of the year. Why? Because lots of people will miss the first Sunday of the year. I don't know why that is, but many of you will stay at home in the bed or do something different on the first Sunday of the year. Other places, but not at Cultivate Church, okay? We're starting a brand new series called Re- It is beginning next Sunday morning, and we're going to learn to refresh ourselves. We're going to learn to revise some things maybe that we'd like to redo from this year. Some of you are going to redo those New Year's resolutions that you said in 2019. You're going to try again in 2020, and that's okay. We're going to learn how to restart some things in our lives, and we're going to learn how to refrain from some things in our lives. 2020, we need to get rid of some stuff that we carried through in 2019. So we're going to learn to set some barriers and some guardrails and learn to refrain some stuff. So that series begins next next Sunday, and I don't want you to miss it. It's going to be a great day together. And then today, I titled your message, Know How to Act. How many of you remember being told that as a kid? Was you anybody in here other than me? Please tell me. I'm not alone. When I was a kid, I'll never forget, I grew up in a, um, a traditional uh, Pentecostal church, and we had two sets of uh, two rows of pews from the front all the way deep to the back. We had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and prayer meetings, and you know everything you can think of. We were there all the time. And uh, on Sunday nights, occasionally, I was about five, my aunt and uncle took me to church. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and I would get to sit in the back with the teenagers. So that was the cool section, okay? I don't know if we have a cool section around here, uh, but if we had one, that's where I would have been with the teenagers. And so this particular Sunday night, uh, they were just giving me, you know, fit back there and kind of tickling me and stuff, making me act up in church. And my aunt turned around. You know how, how they kind of turn around and give you that look? Like they don't have to say anything. And I believe that you can curse with just your eyes. My wife can do it. Um, my aunt was able to do it. They can just look at you and you know. And so my aunt looked at me and she told me to be quiet. And, uh, and so she turned back around, and so they started kind of tickling me and getting me, and I just started acting up again. This time, my aunt's body didn't even move. Her head just rotated. And she told me to come here. And I said, yeah, big mistake, big mistake. Because my aunt didn't play. This is back in the day where you could whip kids in public and didn't go to jail for it, you know what I'm saying? So she got up and she come to get me. She's going to remove me and take me out. And when she grabbed me, I held on to the side of the pew. And in those days, they didn't move. Pews were bolted to the ground because somebody had donated it, had a plaque on it, and that bad boy was not to go anywhere. And so I held on to that thing, and she's tugging, and she's pulling, and I'm yelling, no! And this is right in the middle of church. And so I can remember getting taken out of that and going home and her saying, I'm going to tell your mother, and she's probably never going to let you to go back to church again. And I am like, you know, death crying. I mean, I'm in the floor. I'm hyperventilating. And she said to me, 
you know how to act. You know better than that. I, I've taught you better than that. Your mom taught you. You know how to act in church. And I find myself today, fast forward all these years, telling my three-year-old, buddy, you know how to act. You have those conversations where I'm telling him, you're not a baby anymore. anymore. You're a big boy. He'll say, dad, I'm a big boy. I said, well, you're not acting like a big boy. You know how to act. Start acting right. And I believe that the Bible teaches us the same thing. And so today as a, as a church, I want us to talk about knowing how to act. And you may not be a part of Cultivate Church, and you may be here just hanging out today. You may not even say you'd have a relationship with Jesus, but I believe that the principles of the Word today can teach us how to act. And all of this comes from one paragraph in the Bible, just two verses, out of Colossians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And so I encourage you, if you have a Bible, open that up. If you don't have one, you can download one for free from your app store, and you can read along. But I just want you to, to stay with me in these two verses today on learning how to act. And this is what the Bible says. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. If you are serious about this life that God has given us, this brand new lease on life, this forgiveness from Jesus, then act like it. God is saying, hey, Brandon, if you're serious about this thing, if heaven and hell is real, if everything we read is true, if your days are numbered, if you go to the ground in this life and you ascend to a destination or descend to a destination, there is a heaven and there is a hell. You can't take anything with you. All the items of Christmas, they're not going. Everything in your bank account, not going. That grand business that you built, it's not going. All the stuff, it don't matter. So if you're serious about the one thing that counts above all, then act like it. And I believe that's the challenge for us today. And this is what he says. Pursue things uh, over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Now, this is from the message paraphrase. It's not a translation. It's not a word for word. It's a paraphrase. It's taking the translation of the word and putting it in very common English for us today, which I want us to get. In other words, we either are or we are not. We either will or we won't. We either believe or we don't. That's what God is saying to us today. And as God has carried us as a church to this place, I believe God's got so much more for us. We'll turn eight years old uh, on the, on, on, in two weeks. And I believe that God is just scratching the surface of who we are as a church. And so today, God's going to teach us how to act. So I want to pray that God would speak to us in his word today. Father, we love you. I'm motivated to serve you because, because you've been so good to me. God, how could we not? You have done so much for us. How could we not do for you? Father, we're a people. We're a place of, 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 of a family living life on purpose. And so today, we know that your word is going to impact us. It's going to change us. It's going to motivate us. It's going to convict us. God, let, we, let us receive it today and leave out of this place differently than we came. In Jesus' name, amen. So out of those two verses, there are four things that I'm going to bring you today. Some of your note takers write this stuff down because there's four things, key specific things in this passage that the Bible would teach us on how to act. And so this is a checklist for us. It's a checkup. So how do we know if we're acting right? Number one, you have to check your pursuit. Check your pursuit. If you're really serious about this life, 
if you're really serious about what God's done for us, then pursue the things of Christ. It said, pursue the things over which Christ presides. I love that word, pursue. That's such a fun word. I love to watch the show Cops. Now, I know everybody's into live PD now. I like the old school bad boys, bad boys. I, I like that because there's no nonsense in that. There was nobody standing around going, what do you think about this, Tom? It was just like straight up chasing criminals, right? You pull somebody over and then the, the criminal takes off running. That's the best because, listen, he, he's high as a kite. He could run for days. That cop's like, I pursued on foot. Need backup. I mean, he's like winded. You know, and he's a cop. He's supposed to be the one in, 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 in good shape. But that other guy's like, you're never going to catch me, you know, until he trips and falls and then he forgets how to get up. That's how that goes. We're in hot pursuit. We're chasing something. It's, it's important. We don't have time to waste. We've got to get there. And I love that the Bible says pursue the things of Christ. We pursue lots of stuff. We're in pursuit of happiness and money, and, uh, and, and, and notoriety. Some of us are in pursuit of peace, and some of us are in pursuit of forgiveness, and some of us are in pursuit of the meaning of life, and all of these things that we pursue as, as people. But Jesus, when you look at his life, the Bible actually says 15 different times that Jesus immediately did something. Jesus was all over the place. If I believe Jesus would have been like an ADD person. What what what'd you say? Somebody over there needs help? Okay, I got to love you, be healed, take the mud, put it in your eye, go wash, I'll see you. And then he's off to something else. Immediately Jesus was, why was Jesus doing stuff immediately? Because there was some important things that needed to be done. And there was little time to do it. His pursuit was of the things that mattered. And the Bible is teaching us that if we're going to act right, we have to be pursuing the things of God. So what is it that God pursues? Well, I thought a lot about this, and I just thought, okay, God, what really? Is, how do we sum this all up? How do we take all of this and make it simple? I like simplicity. Some of you like to get out you know, the Greek, and the I just like it simple. It's just me. And I found two things that God pursues. You know what he pursues? You can write this down. He pursues relationship. He put us here for relationship. He pursued Adam and Eve for relationship. When sin entered the world and erased relationship with God, what did he do? He sent his son to restore relationship. Why do we have the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is the very presence of God intimately in my life so that my relationship is enhanced with him. God pursues relationship. Every person walking on this planet, God's greatest desire is to have relationship with Him, regardless of anything that we could think of that would be a barrier, regardless of sin, of mistakes, of a social economic status, regardless of fame or the lack thereof. It does not matter to God. He wants relationship. And the second thing God wants is restoration. Not only does He want relationship, but He wants relationships restored. God has done everything that he has done for us so that we could have relationship with him and so that we could be restored into right relationship with him. I can be forgiven. My life can be changed. I can be set free all because of a relationship with God and the restoration that he brings to cover my imperfections. We just have to pursue the heart of God. And I promise you that you cannot pursue the heart of God and not have a heart for His people. 
If you pursue the heart of God, you have a heart for His people. You'll pass people on the street and think about them differently. You'll see people who are struggling and making crazy decisions, and you'll think about them differently. You'll see people in a different way because you see them through a relationship and through restoration because that is the heart of God. And everything about this church, everything about who we are, should be about relationship with people and about restoration. That we love each is is through kindness and love. Look, if you if you if you're not nice, if you're rude, I don't want to I don't want to hang out with you. Don't call me. You know, if you're if you're mean and you're rough to be around, don't call me and ask me if I want to because I don't. But if you're fun to be around and you're kind and like you're a good time, then yeah, let's let's get together, let's do it. Because relationship. It, it, it's something deeper, right? Relationship and restoration means that we've, we've got something that's attractive. And people need us to be attractive. We are literally a reflection of the very person of God. And so God is attractive. And so if my life is reflecting Him, I will be attractive. Some of you hate to look in the mirror every day. Just say, I am attractive because I reflect the person of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and God didn't make no junk, okay? Listen, as a church, listen, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna chase the heart of God. And I want to tell you, in 2019, y'all get ready to celebrate. We're going to clap about four or five times. Y'all ready? So I'm just giving you a heads up. In 2019, 147 people found life in Jesus at Cultivate Church. That's what I'm talking about. So why does that matter? Because that's what we're on the planet for. If that wasn't happening, we're not doing the right thing. We're sitting in a building, under a name, in a place, with people doing nothing. But when 147 people say yes to Jesus, we are chasing the heart of God. So how do you know it's 147 people? Because 147 people picked up a connect card and wrote their name down and said, today I choose to say yes to Jesus. Here is my name. Here is my information. Please pray for me. And if you chose to do that twice, you weren't counted twice. That's 147 individual people that have said yes to Jesus, all because of a place that chases the heart of God. Since 2012, 1,105 people have said yes to Jesus at Cultivate Church. Come on. We're doing what God has called us to do. I think this is great. Uh, just uh, over the last few months, we've given away 4,074 little Debbie cakes. I mean, I mean, you know, it's, it's not maybe uh, maybe eternal, but but Little Debbies bring people to Jesus because God likes little Debbie. You see what I'm saying? It's the relation, you know, you got, okay. This year, we've given away $57,930.65 out of this church. Come on, is that not good? Come on. Why? Because when you chase the heart of God, you invest and you pursue what matters most, and it's people. Relationship. And restoration is the heart of God. So how do we know how to act? Well, we check our pursuit. Ask yourself this question. Maybe write this down. And, and do this in your quiet time, your devotion time this week. What's the pursuit of my life? What's the pursuit? I don't want you to feel guilty for pursuing family and relationship and money and stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. But it's about order. It's about put first the kingdom of God. And everything else will be added to you. God is a God of order. Everything is, is, is in order. 
our, our whole existence, God created it in order. We have a calendar year. We have, we have months. We have days. We have hours. We have everything in God is created in order. And your life cannot be lived out of order and fulfill the best blessing of God on your life. But when I order my life and pursue the things that matter the most, man, obedience opens the door to what? To blessing. Number two, check your purpose. Now, you weren't going to come in to cultivate church and not hear the word purpose sometime. But I didn't make this up. Listen to what the Bible goes on to say. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. How many of us are so guilty of that? It's another day. I got to do this again. Man. Kids are crazy again. Work is crazy again. The world's crazy again. I'm the only sane thing in the world. Just absorbed with the day in and the day out. Eyes to the ground, what's right in front of me. We're so guilty of it. But our purpose is so much more than that. Three questions to ask yourself. I told you I got you a lot of notes. Ask yourself this question. Why am I here? It's the number one most asked question in the world. Why am I here? It's a valid question. Why are we here? Have you ever thought about that? It's, I'm, I'm more than this. Like, I'm more than just the day-to-day. All of those things are important. It doesn't matter. There are no menial places in life. It doesn't matter your vocation. It doesn't matter. What, and none of it is menial. It's just there's purpose inside of it. Why am I here? So then ask yourself this question, well, what do I do about it? If I'm here to do this, this, or this, well, then, well, then what do I do about that? What's God putting me in this place for? And then, how do I do it? How do I do it? I think about our church. Why, why are we placed in Shelby County, Alabama? Why do we have a campus meeting three times in Alabaster? Why are we meeting here? Columbia? Why? Why has God put us here? Does it matter? Do we really matter? It's not about a logo. It's not about a personality. It's, it's not about we, we come in here and we gather because we believe it's about the Lord. And it's about relationship and restoration. And so I asked myself this question, and I think it's very sobering. Would it matter if we close these doors next week? Would anybody care? Would anybody in this community go, well, what do we do now? Well, now what? Who, who's going to do that? How, how, who's, does it matter? And I think that ought to be a sobering question for every one of our lives to go, what would happen if I weren't here to do what I do? The implications of not just the here and the now, but in the eternal. Is my, is my job, is my workplace different? Is the environment different because of me? Because I'm changing the environment? If I weren't there to be a light, then who would? Would it be complete darkness if we ceased to exist? So we have to know that we are here for a purpose. At Cultivate Church, I want you to know, we will always keep the main thing the main thing. Always. We will always, 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 always. And the main thing is relationship and restoration. We will always be a place that seeks to find a home for people to meet Jesus. Every time the doors open, every time we gather. Listen, I love, I love. Listen, I was amazed this weekend how many people canceled church this weekend. It's all over. People said, we'll see you for church online. I said, what in the world is going on? They said, well, it was one of the biggest travel days of the year. A lot of people are out of town, so we're just going to take the day off. I said, I'm going to be in church on the last Sunday of 2019 if I'm there by myself. 
Why? Because it's another opportunity to keep the main thing the main thing. It's one more opportunity for life change to take place. That's our purpose, to keep the main thing the main thing. We will always put others first. We will always put others first. Other people over our preference. What is, what is reaching people for Jesus? It's, it's anything short of sin to introduce one more person to the people of Jesus. Always. That's the main thing being the main thing. Hey, we're going to celebrate yesterday, but we're going to live for today, and we're going to look toward tomorrow. Yesterday was great. 147 people, awesome. But you know what? We're not done. That's not a retirement party. That's not a retirement moment. There's not a, 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 a goal that where God goes, okay, good job, guys. Y'all take it easy. Y'all take, we'll see you. See you soon. Y'all go to the lake, you know, go rest and just forget about it. Nope, not at all. You know what? There's a new day. You know what? Those sales figures, those goals, you met them this month, but you know what happens? You're back to zero the next. It's time to start all over again. We're not going to get caught up in, in what we used to do. Listen, I grew up in church. I could go back today, and they're doing the same thing that they were doing when I was five. And that's cool if it works. But if it don't work, the form can be stronger than the, than the reason. You understand what I'm saying? We can get so religious that we forget about the relationship. And so I'm saying we're going to celebrate yesterday, but we're going to live in today. Today is another day. It's another opportunity. There's breath in my body. There is people out there that do not know about the hope of Jesus Christ. And today is the day that we get to do something about it. We gave uh, uh, nearly $60,000 away last year. That's awesome. But we're going to start all over again, and we're going to bless somebody else. And we're going to look forward to tomorrow because eternity is on its way. And if I'm heading to eternity, I want to take as many people in the right direction as I can. Why? Because we have to pursue Him. Walk in our purpose. And then number three, we have to check our position. Check your position. The Bible says, look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. I love this little paraphrase because that's where the action is. Many of us, the Bible says, we're so, we're so face to the ground, we're just moving along. When the Bible says, stop that, look up. Because that's where your help comes from. That's where the hope is. That's where the possibility is. Look at what is hanging out around Christ. Look up. Position our life. What if we do this this year? In 2020 coming up, what if my life is positioned differently than it was this year? In other words, things take alignment. I can remember the, the old days, and some of this I think still applies. You were the satellite dishes or the antennas where you get out there and you'd have to find that, you know, that right signal, and you'd yell in there and go, hey, can you see anything on the TV yet? Some of us still do it with our cell phones. It's nearly 2020, and we're still like, I ain't got signal. You know, I'm, I'm, you know you're doing all this trying to find it. What if we positioned ourselves, aligned ourselves differently than we did last year so that our alignment is so much clearer with God? We're going to kick off next Sunday 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I encourage you to be involved in it. Go online, the website, the church app. You can find resources that will teach you about it, help you get started if you've never done it. Listen, I'm not telling you you've got to eat crackers and water for, for you know, 21 days. I don't care what you do. But I'm asking you to do something. Why? Because it is positioning ourselves. Prayer, listen, when you pray, it's the communication lines with God. That's all it is. I don't care how you do it. Uh, I love when my three-year-old prays, he'll say, he'll say, in Jesus' name, amen, bye. Tells God bye every time. In Jesus' name, amen, bye. Totally cool. And then sometimes he'll pray, he'll say, Dad, is that a good prayer? 
Is that the right prayer? I'm like, buddy, I don't care what you pray. As long as you're talking to God, we pray for crocodiles. I mean, we do it all. God's okay with that. Some of us just start with the crocodiles. Just say, God bless the crocodiles today. If that's all you can get out, just start where you are. Open up some communication. Position yourself to speak to and to hear from God. Fasting only amplifies the signal. That's what fasting does. It removes some of the distractions, cut the TV off, get away from some of the stuff that takes your time, put social media down for the love, and just spend time with God. Every time you want to check that Instagram, well, just say, okay, I'm not going to do that. God bless the alligators. And you'll find as many times as you pick up that Instagram, you'll move from alligators to your family. And before you know it, you're praying for somebody in a hut in Africa. I mean, praying freedom and you, you'll get there. It's an alignment. It's changing our position to get from God. Your body needs food. It needs sleep. It needs to be refueled. Your soul is your emotions and your relationships. And we, we guard those things. And your spirit needs to be fed as well. And that's what prayer and fasting does. Every Thursday night during the, during the prayer and fasting at both of our campuses, we're going to gather at 6 o'clock from 6 to 7. These doors are going to be open. Music is going to be playing. It's very, uh, very just come and go. There's no structure to it. You can come in here at 645 or 650 or 655 and pray for five minutes if you want to. These doors are going to be open. And we're going to provide an opportunity for us as a family to come in here and position ourselves for God to do something so incredible. Because I just believe that when we, when we pursue the heart of God to know how to act, pursuing Him, and then we, we begin to move, move and be motivated by our purpose, and then when we position ourselves, it provides an opportunity for God to do what only God can do. It's incredible if we learn how to act. And then the last thing I'll tell you today is we need to check our perspective, how we see things. The Bible says, see things from His perspective. You know, perception is reality for many of us. The problem with that is that our perception is often far from God's reality. See, when I see something as hopeless, God sees something as hopeful. When I see failure, God sees possibility. When I see hurts, God sees healing. Everything with God and who He is, the perspective is a little bit different. And I love the old statement that says you just have to keep an open mind. Anybody ever heard that before? Have you ever been told that? Just keep an open mind. Just try it one time. You'll like that food. I know it's green, but not all green things are bad. Most of them are, but not all of them. I, I love this new show. Some of you think it's weird. It's uh, on this new Disney Plus. It's uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. And I th he's a weird fella, but he's kind of cool. I kinda, I'm kind of into Jeff Goldblum all of a sudden. And he's got this show where he goes and tries new things. And he just documents all these different things about from shoes to barbecue and all this different stuff. And he's got this episode that's about video games. Now, I grew up on video games. And so I, I know about video games. And, and so he is real funny because they show him playing like, it was like Space Invaders or Pong. He said, I haven't played a video game since the 70s. And then they moved him over to some of the modern games, and his mind was blown away. And then they took him to an e-sports competition. Y'all know what that is? They, it's like football, but it's video games. So thousands of people will gather in an arena and watch teams of people play video games together, and they actually have people who uh, will commentate. They'll be like, well, Tom, he, he really shot him in the leg on that one. You know what I mean? It's like they really, and they, they, and so Jeff Goldblum is like, 
I can't believe this. They're treating this like a real sporting competition. And like some of your faces, that's his. And he begins to go through the process of learning what they're doing. And then they take him and let him try a VR experience where he's immersed in this world. And he comes out, and this is what he said. He said, I'm really starting to understand what this is all about. He said people are in like relationship together. They're, 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 they're forming bonds over what they're doing. He said they're all experiencing another world. He's like, I'm really starting to get this. And, and, and I said as he's experiencing this, I said, yeah. He goes, I just need to keep an open mind. And I said, yeah, it's actually fun. Just give it a try. And then the very last segment, he goes to see people experience LARPing. Some of you don't know what LARPing is. It's live action role play. So let's say you play Xbox and you are a swordsman. You're a knight on a horse with a sword and you do sword fighting. Well, on the video game, you sit with a controller and you control that character. That's kind of cool. In LARPing, you become the knight. You dress up as a soldier. You have a sword and you go out with all of your grown friends and you sword fight together. And one of you goes, I got you. And you go, oh, and they actually die like they, like they go through the motion of dying on the ground. I mean, it is the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen in your life. So what's the point? As I watch this and I watch his journey, I said, yeah, just keep an open mind. And then when LARPing came on my screen, I said, huh, not going to do that. And then this is not spiritual to you, but this is how God talks to me. I literally felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say, you just said, keep an open mind. It's easy to keep an open mind until it goes against what you think or what you feel. When it goes against my instinct or it goes against my liking, suddenly it's easy to close the door on it. But when I see things from God's perspective, how many things are we looking at going, oh, I can do that, but nah, not going to do that. Nah, God, that's not you. I can't, God, I can never do that. God, that's not for me. Maybe that's for them, but not for me. That's where I draw the line. How much are we missing out on in this life? Because we can't see it from his perspective. When God's going, if you just keep an open mind, pursue me, believe in your purpose, position your life to receive from me. And when you see it from my perspective, it would blow your mind. Listen, church, I want you to know, I just want you to stop for a second. What we see today is not everything that God sees. Our church, this is not everything God sees. This is just a part of the journey. As we pursue him, as we walk in our purpose, as we position ourselves, and as we get the heart of God to see his perspective, your family, your circumstance, your life, it is not all that it is. Imagine the perspective of God when he looks at your life, if you could only just see it. But I believe that if this year we would learn how to act, we can get a glimpse of everything God wants to do in our life. And so today I want to pray for just that. I invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're our guest, nothing funny or weird is going to happen. Our team's going to come back. They're going to play music softly. And and I'm just going to pray for us. So wherever you are, I want this just to be a private moment between you and the Lord. And there's a few things on my heart today. Maybe you're in this room and, and this is your heart. Maybe you have just been, God's arrested your heart today and this is your desire for your 2020 as we start a brand new decade. It's my heart and I pray that it would be yours. And so I want to pray that God would just arrest our heart today. 
that we wouldn't be able to sleep without pursuing Him. And I want to say, God, we're just here. We're available today. Whatever you want to do in our life today, we give you freedom to do it. And I would also say maybe you're in this room or even watching online, listening, and you would say, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I'd ask you, why not? I was holding you back. I'm sure you've got a list of reasons. But what if you just saw from God's perspective today? And you just reposition yourself. Just give it a chance. Give him an opportunity. That's all he needs. It's an opportunity. And so I want to pray for you today. Don't miss this opportunity in the last Sunday of this year to start by making the best opportunity you could ever make through the best decision of saying yes to Jesus. Father, today, I thank you right now for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for this opportunity to be here and to be in your presence, God. We pray right now, Father, that if there's even one of us in this room or online that would say, Jesus, we need you and we need it to be personal. We need you to forgive us of our sins. We've fallen short. We've done life our own way. And today we're acknowledging that we need you. And we ask for that forgiveness. And we choose to put you first in our life. To learn what it means to live for you and to live life on purpose. Thank you for doing that for me today. And I pray for all of us that our heart would pursue you in everything that we do. That we would walk in our purpose and position our lives to see everything from your perspective. God, as we close this year and as we look to another, God, we just give you open doors. We give you freedom to do whatever you desire. We love you, we honor you, and we want to be used by you. Jesus, we give you all of our best. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we honor the Lord together? Can we do that today?